people say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Long live the new flesh. Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm horror host Trav. Joining me as always is producer Kate. Hello. And making his first appearance on the show is another Hagen. Is, that the, <laughs> is this the first Hagen that's actually been on the show besides? Well, there's me and Rose and Jess and oh, fuck. Danny. Yeah, and... There's a long list. Oh, Danny was. Okay, so Danny was the first, though, like outside of the. The of, immediate fam, yeah. Yes. So welcome to the show, Jake Hagen appreciate you guys having me. So how have you been, sir? I know uh, we had just been talking about coaching football. I know you're big into that. Now, I know you're big into sports, but have you been watching anything? Like uh, you you get into the TV shows at all or anything like that? You know, I'll be honest. I've kind of been struggling on my TV shows here recently. You know, I just all time kind of, you know, Breaking Bad kind of feel. You know, Uh that obviously Game of Thrones, it was classic. Um, So I'm kind of into you know those type shows but yeah. uh, I, like i said i kind of been slacking here recently so any suggestions i'm i'm open to uh to listening to the streaming like the streaming uh, <laughs> uh binging shows and shit game of thrones yep, yep. yeah i think that's how i did it like the um, game of thrones i think i went through like three seasons on my phone just like in bed like and it was just be like dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, something I watched recently, you guys might, well, I know you don't watch TV, Travis, um, but is uh, Tell Me All Your Secrets on Amazon. Okay. It's a good little, like, who done it? What's really going on? Tell is me she crazy? Is, it, is she not? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it like a slasher or is it? Because if it's, it's a like slasher, a, I'm It's interested. like a psychological thriller. It's got some twists and turns, serial killers. Mm-hmm. And then it it's, sounds it's, too it's, complicated mm-hmm. for me already. Yeah, well, it, the story gets like twisty <laughs> and turny, but it's good. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a quick watch. So Jake is, um, we talk like pretty much every day through the group me app and through through our fantasy football group me app and stuff. Uh, who won that last year, by the way? I don't know. I, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> it's uh, slipping my mind at the yeah, moment. I can't. A, a little payoff for Greg Hagan from for yeah. trading me Derrick Henry. Yeah, there was, uh, there was some questionable decisions and uh, moves made, so... <laughs> Uh, hopefully this the same outcome won't won't uh, won't happen this year. I always dig in, much like uh, Videodrome. I al- <sighs> I always dig into the Hagens' minds <laughs> and <laughs> like convince them to trade me shit. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about like some of your first memories of horror. Like, what are some of those first movies like growing up as a kid that you were exposed to? Honestly, just the first one that comes to mind is um, The Hills Have Eyes. For some okay. reason, I always just remember being definitely afraid of those movies mm-hmm. but for some reason rob my brother would always watch them <laughs> and like i would find myself we used to have this big projector in the basement at our old place and uh we he would just turn it on i'd just be like well why are we watching this at like 12 12 30 <laughs> at night like I, I i just i'm gonna have nightmares how all that young stuff, were you so. do, would you say this was probably i don't know eight, probably 10 maybe 11 ish maybe mm-hmm. 12 i'm not sure if they were you know somewhere in that range i would say we we're i was 
kind of young but not like really young so mm-hmm. yeah and that and that movie and i assume you're talking about like the remake of the 2000s but that movie is like gory as hell yeah and scary yeah and there's something about those kind of movies that it's like where it's like it could really happen like you know you're driving out in the middle of nowhere and you know um like there's just some freaks out there or like somebody willing trying to mm-hmm. rob you or mm-hmm. whatever do those take place in um Appalachia, or is it like in the desert somewhere? It's in like I think um, like Area Fifty One ish. Yeah, in the desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, this is kind of similar. But have you guys? Are, are you guys on TikTok? I am not. No. <sighs> How are you not by now? Well, anyway, I'm on um I'm on Appalachia like TikTok somehow. Oh boy. And they're they're talking about like the not deer mm-hmm. and all these different like creepy things that you like rules you have to follow if you're in Appalachia mm. and if you're like walking home at night and you hear someone calling your name like you have to like run the other way like don't answer and there's like these <laughs> the humanoid there's like these humanoid wild. kind of uh creatures yeah and- because the U.S. military stored a lot of bombs there <laughs> no seriously they did really yeah this is a fact uh so like when we were in I think it was like World War II or Vietnam they stored like they have bunkers like in the hills with a bunch of bombs and basically after the war we just left them there so the animals the environment and everything have all gotten like mutated in those like areas nuclear yeah it's like like nukes like uh big like you know fucking... so there's like radiation yeah, yeah. <laughs> see they wow. make it seem much more like um fey or oh probably, mm-hmm. probably old is. like really old kind of lore that you're supposed to kind of follow like what am mm-hmm. i thinking of it's like folklore mm-hmm. oh but... yeah Oh yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of Hills Have Eyes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. So is this your first exposure to Cronenberg? The name David Cronenberg. I, I believe it is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say I, I think so. We popped your cherry on the Cronenberg <laughs> yeah. for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so this is when we get into serious deep Cronenberg. <laughs> We're going deep here. Kate was a little nervous to watch this. She's been paranoid recently, looking out windows. <laughs> um, this is where Cronenberg kind of made his home, though. The wonderful world of body horror. And Jake, I want to welcome you to the new flesh. So this is this this is the part of the podcast where I'll like talk for a while, and then we'll get into like the themes, you know, characters. This will probably be a theme heavy episode. Mm. Uh, so, Videodrome from 1983, directed by David Cronenberg, score composed by the great Howard Shore. Uh, we talked last episode, he did, like, basically all of David Cronenberg's films mm-hmm. from 79 up, besides The Dead Zone. Uh, synopsis, a, a programmer at a TV station that specializes in adult entertainment searches for the producers of a dangerous and bizarre broadcast. Starring James Woods as Mas- Max Wren, Debbie Harry as Nikki Brand. Do you know who Debbie Harry is? Yeah, Blondie. All right, I was just checking. Uh, Sandra Smith is Bianca Oblivion, um, and I don't see anybody else that's really... Leslie Carlson is Barry Convex. Fast Facts. One of those notorious films that made the Cronenberg name something to be feared. Like I said, he's kind of like an, in, an innovator of body horror. It had come before in literature, like Franz Kafka and, you know, a lot of these other stories... Uh, Frankenstein actually is a early example of body horror, but in film Cronenberg is definitely one of those innovators. Uh, the idea of Videodrome came from David Cronenberg's fear of late night TV broadcasts. Um, I actually share this same fear strangely, like the idea of picking up something you aren't supposed to see or hear, like lost signals, like a radio is always creeping me out and shit. Oh, really? 
Oh yeah. I thought like, you were gonna say like the ring, like <laughs> well, kind <laughs> that started of, yeah. generation. Anyway. Yeah, like technology, like um, like phone calls. Like we've all gotten like weird phone calls and shit, mm-hmm. like that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Gearing up to direct Videodrome, Cronenberg was actually offered to direct Return of the Jedi, which is really really interesting. Um, do you know who? Uh, which other weird director? Weird director, quote unquote, who was offered to direct the Return of the Jedi, Kate? Um, I'll answer it. David Lynch. Know. David Lynch. I should have oh. known that. <laughs> <laughs> Tip of my tongue. Maybe then it wouldn't have had the fucking Ewoks, and it would have been Ewok free. But anyway, Ugh, get out of here. Um, the special effects in Videodrome were created by FX legend Rick Baker. Most of Baker's crew was made up of 20-something-year-olds techs, and most were carried over from uh, Baker's team in American Werewolf in London, a legendary picture. Um, in this film, we saw television sets pulsate James Wood's hand literally morph into a gun, a slit form in James Wood's abdomen to insert tapes and so on, truly groundbreaking stuff. Uh, Rick Breaker created one of the most iconic effects in the film, which is, of course, the effect of the TV screen with the gun hand coming out. Um, he, this was done by, a project, by using a projector and a sheet of dental dam. Does anybody know what dental dam is? <laughs> yes, it's a like contraceptive. stretchy shit, right? It's a contraceptive device, yeah. Contraceptive device? You don't know what Like a condom dam? or? It's like a, basically like a female condom kind of. Yeah. How did they use it back I've, in I've the... definitely heard the name, but like. Yeah, it's like, a, it's an old school. So they would literally like dam it up? No, oh my God. It's like, it's basically <laughs> like a, a piece of like kind of silicone rubber kind of thing, like some kind of material like that. It's like a sheet that you put over vagina like a uh i'm gonna do that to my ass so i don't leak <laughs> god initially they tried the effect <laughs> with a weather balloon but it didn't stretch far enough so the dental dam got it done so it stretches uh three different endings were shot for videodrome and the one that was used in which max shoots himself spoilers was conceived by james woods uh david cronenberg planned to shoot an epilogue and tag on the end which would have revealed bianca and Nikki to have their own chest slits, but they were never filmed. Um, there were many reasons, but most of it was like budgetary reasons because they went over budget. The chest slit sequences had James Woods built into a couch with a chest slit apparatus glued onto him. Woods swore, after this movie, Woods swore that he would never work with anything that had to be glued onto him ever again because it took like hours and hours. So, with that, that concludes the notes. I'll drop a few as we go here mm-hmm. but jake i want to get your initial reaction to this film overall i didn't really know what to expect um just kind of <laughs> looking looking at the name um you know videodrome uh-huh. kind of just right off the bat i was like oh you know it's probably gonna be something about you know movies tv obviously something along those lines um but like i said didn't really know what to expect but then um kind of watching the movie um i i thought james woods kind of had a, a pretty good role um i like how he played it and um just Overall, after the movie, I thought it was, you know, not a bad flick. I kind of, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, just the ending was kind of rushed, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have liked to watch it again. So I don't know if that was me missing stuff on my own or just, it kind of felt like it took a while to get there. And I'm like, well, there's only 25 minutes left. You know, what else can happen? So this movie does um, move very fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they throw a lot of, a lot of words. It's very wordy at the mm-hmm. end, and mm-hmm. you, if you're, if you blink, like you do miss something <laughs> mm-hmm. important um, to understanding kind of what the message and is. And he's like shooting everybody, and you're just like, wait, wait, what? Who? What? Like the first time you see it. Well, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of explanation about 
um, like what Videodrome is and how it's like reality and all. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can you can miss some things. Which don't be like don't be um, ashamed or I, I'm looking for a word there because like if you asked me to explain what like the plot of this movie was, mm-hmm. I probably still wouldn't be able to do it because I'm just like not that guy. <laughs> right. But <laughs> I'm not anyway. sure I could, and I'm usually pretty good yeah. at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Kate, but... what was your initial reaction? A lot different than Dead Zone and. Uh, you know, night breed. Which is you, our... you don't say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess I'd say I was like intrigued, but confused a lot of the time. And the more I thought about it after, I feel like I've gotten a little bit more of a grasp on it, but it's a very mm-hmm. artsy kind of film to mm-hmm. me. If you're looking for an easy watch kind of film, this is not for you. Um, but yeah, it's a good thinker. I was a little comforting. weirded out that you picked this very sexual film for me to oh talk about with God. my cousin who I used <laughs> yeah, to yeah. babysit. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was kind of thinking we'll the same. We'll move on. Kind of thinking <laughs> the same. We'll move on from but, it. But <laughs> what were we going to say? You know, that's film. That's, yeah. you know, you know it's, yeah, just, it's a film. That's how it goes. So a little bit of my background with this. So we actually went to see this in theaters. So we saw this movie in theaters for the first time. And um, it was beyond fucking killer. I think it was like me, Rose, uh, Heath. And it might have been Carly or Hodge. It was one of the two. But uh, at Keystone Arts Cinema. So we saw that. It was like a midnight picture and stuff. Like us with a bunch of weirdos. But that's kind of where I go. That was my first time seeing this movie. And I've seen it like a couple more times since then. But yeah, the plot does like... It jumps around a lot. And there's a lot to take in. That's why I said this part would probably be a lot of just themes of what we take from the film and what we think of it. Yeah. I mean, what I kind of described, like what I wrote down in my notes after watching it and digesting it for a little bit is like this movie kind of paved the way for like Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. If you think oh, yeah. of it like mm-hmm. that, like if any Black Mirror watchers out there, oh, like yeah. it, if you don't know what that is, that show takes like, um, you know, concepts of technology, like or technology in our real lives now. And it kind of um, shows you like if this were to if you were to take this piece of technology and do that this is what future could look like um Mm -hmm. or this is what reality could look like if we had different access to these different kinds of things and this movie i feel like predicted a lot of technology i'm guessing Mm -hmm. like siri i noticed like in the beginning maybe i'm getting ahead of of, what we wanted to do with the conversation but like to give an example of what i'm getting at here is like in the very beginning he's woken up by his tv like a broadcast on his channel Mm -hmm. because civic tv is like the tv that his his network or whatever and it like you're supposed to take it to bed with you and they have a broadcast of his actual assistant saying like hey this is your wake-up call blah 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 like alexa uh, or something yeah, exactly <laughs> um siri or alexa um, yeah that's kind of what's getting at and there's yeah there's some other deeper themes and commentary on you know technology and just consumption of media in general we'll get to which later. we will definitely get to but yeah. We're introduced to this character, Max, who, like, runs a station, right? So he's, like, constantly looking for the new thing. And he comes across this program titled Videodrome, which is basically like a torture. Um, would that be accurate? A torture like a, porn, but it he thinks it's fake. Yeah, so what... I wanted to ask you guys, like, what is our fascination of... with hu- Like, as humans, what is our fascination of fucked up videos or fucked up media. Oh, we're like, jumping right in. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's a character thing though. Cause it's like, this dude mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. this dude is obsessed with like finding who's behind this. And like, he's obsessed mm-hmm. with this kind of video, but it's like beheadings and the two girls, one cup. And like, 
um, you know, the uh, suicides of political, you know, uh, Bud Dwyer, the Bud Dwyer video, uh, Lemon Party. You know, there's like all these like keywords that like we know we know from the Internet. Well, yeah. just fucked up videos. But what do you think it is that attracts us? I don't know. I don't want to say it's part of human nature, but mm-hmm. it's kind of just this phenomena, I'd say, like on the Internet of, you know, it's if it's the more messed up it is kind of like it, it just draws your attention more for yeah. some people you know it, it's it's not everybody's thing i i personally can't like if somebody's ankles break you know broken or somebody <laughs> snaps a leg something like that you know i i turn my head um uh-huh. but you know some stuff it just i don't know if it's you know the more likes it has on it or you know something like that but you know there's people out there who will you know happily admit hey you know the more messed up it is or you know whatever yeah and which is you know travis raising his hand yeah me and g sure you're not gonna like what i deserve yeah which you know that's that's just how it is for you know some people one guy one jar you know all that stuff i don't know what that i don't want to know so on one hand it's it's normal and like jake said it's like human and curiosity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i think how far a person will go is almost like a measure of their empathy you know what i'm saying for instance, like there's like you were saying, people committing suicide on camera. There's people being murdered on camera. Like there's actual news story. I'll, I can tell you a story about that later. But Write there's like me, so. there's be- <laughs> there's beheadings, <laughs> beheadings and all kinds of things that like people will seek out. And they almost like will laugh about it, like, oh, oh, dude, look at this. Like Travis is one of them. Dude, <laughs> she's like totally <laughs> describing me and he. <laughs> but like, I'm curious, but I would personally like can't watch them. It's dark. It turns right? my stomach, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like th- I, we're jumping ahead to some big themes. I don't know if you want me to like get into my diatribe about it right now. Yeah, we can. Okay, because this I, is all touching on like a major note in my. I think we can because it's it's part to do with the character okay. and the main mm-hmm. character of this film. All right, so I'm gonna take the mic for a little bit, everybody. Just yeah, go like ahead. Buckle in for mm-hmm. my speech. Um, so I think this, <laughs> this movie, um, it, this movie's kind of saying that there are consequences to insatiably mm-hmm. consuming more and more shocking content for the sake of feeling something and in this case the movie is saying it's not just like your mental health it's going to take a toll on but it's also like your actual physical self like this guy's growing tumors from watching Mm -hmm. these broadcasts and he's losing control of his mind he's hallucinating and his body's doing things that it should not do um and so that's like taking that the idea of the like mental health consequences of seeing this stuff especially a lot and like taking it all the way to body horror you know and i think the effect on you mentally and emotionally when you see something horrific like that is just it's what this is kind of supposed to evoke in you not to get too dark but i'm like personally i'm reminded of this time i went to journalism school and in ethics class they showed us and didn't warn us of it Mm -hmm. which was part of the ethics lesson because this is what these news people did back in the day they had filmed they were in like a kind of a there was some kind of civil unrest happening in another country and these broadcast news people took video of a woman and she happened to have gotten shot Mm -hmm. and they filmed her falling to the ground and watched and like filmed her until she died there like so you we watched her die Mm -hmm. the process it wasn't like a shot to the head and she was gone it was like we watched her suffer and die and they put that on the news Mm -hmm. in that country and now journalists would never do that because there's there's ethical like ramifications and like the family that's when they like they saw their like i think of like the what's going to happen to the the families who are seeing this kind of thing and 
to seek that out, I think is like really, it speaks again to your kind of your level of empathy, <laughs> like well, and it's, your capacity for it. This goes along with your point too, but it's like the Bud Dwyer film. Um, and mm -hmm. if anybody's listening to this, like don't, you know, if you're, if you are squeamish, don't look up the Bud Dwyer film. Cause it's him like shooting himself, but it is like, it's telling that the cameraman then zooms in on his face and like, you can see the blood mm -hmm. pour out of his nose and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, if he, like, I think the ethical thing to do would have been not to zoom in on him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but right. it's the fact that he does. Mm -hmm. Right. So this isn't just about this character, Max, his name's Max, right? Max. Mm -hmm. Ren. Uh, it's not just about Max Ren's like choice to, co to consume something that he knows he shouldn't. And that, He's almost carelessly not even thinking about the consequences of it. But it's like, it's also about the people filming it. Mm -hmm. And you meet the guy, the character who created Videodrome is like, the what's his name? Whatever, Convex. He's like a corporate, yes. he's like a corporate crony kind of guy, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. is he government? So there, That's why I couldn't, I, I don't know. So I their thing like was, their thing was like, people who watch this are kind of like scummy so they deserve to get these like tumors and stuff. So everybody that's watching this video drone is getting these tumors like James Woods's character. Mm -hmm. But I think what this film also does is um, it forces us to draw a line like in our, with our morality, like uh, should the people that watch this stuff like uh, suffer for it or whatever. I think that's one of the big questions that this movie... Should they suffer for getting pleasure from other people's suffering? Yes. <laughs> there you go. We, yes. we got around to it at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and it's like, at what point do we get to decide what people find entertaining? You know, as long as it's not snuff. And like I said, this is a big, very themey podcast. Like yeah. Videodrome is a movie where its characters are just going along with... Uh, what the film is trying to say like it's not there's not any like in in my opinion I don't know if you uh, agree with that or not but so let me give you another take on like a uh, video drum I got so, another take so oh yeah I got many I got many <laughs> I got the takes um, so this this film is also a statement on the video nasties of the time um, if you're not familiar with that term like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Cannibal Holocaust, films like that that were banned in these countries. Have you seen those, Jake? Texas Chainsaw, I have. Um, I don't know about Hannibal. What did you say? Hannibal, Cannibal, Cannibal, Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah. I don't think so, I've seen that don't one. Don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch that's, it. That sounds a little bit too... Uh, I'll slide you. I'll slide you a copy. It's oh, that. there is a poster up there. Yeah. Uh, don't watch it's it. It's a little above my pay grade. On the horror scale. So you got to keep in mind, you know, it's 1983... This is right in the kind of area where films like Cannibal Holocaust and others were banned in certain countries. So this is kind of like uh, what would happen if the censor's argument of of violence uh, in cinema and violence in videos that you consume causes violence in humans and stuff. And David Cronenberg actually put out a, a quote and he said, with Videodrome, do you want me to do it in my Nightbreed voice? Yeah, go ahead. With, hold on, how did it go? <laughs> With Videodrome, I wanted to posit the possibility that a man exposed to violent imagery would begin to hallucinate. I wanted to see what it would be like, in fact, if what the censors were saying would happen, did happen. What would it feel like? <laughs> so that's my Cronenberg <laughs> voice. Um, but yeah, so that's one take on the film. This film has many takes. 
So it's like, there's not, and that's the great thing about this, Jake, is like, and I'm going to get Jake talking here in a minute. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the great thing about this film is like, there is no correct take of this movie. Like there's, there's tons of, of shit, Mm -hmm. but kind of where did you, um, what did you connect to? And since we are already in the themes and stuff, we might as well go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) We might as well just fucking roll ahead. Where did you, like, what did you connect to thematically with this movie? Like, what did you take from it? Um, kind of similar to some of the things I think that have been said, um, but just starting from the opening scene, for some reason, like kind of the music and just the opening mm. scene kind of gave me like a like a 2001 Space Odyssey vibe mm. for some reason. Mm. So kind of like along that same theme, kind of like we were talking about the um, like the warnings and the messages of, you know, the, the dangers of technology. And like you said, around uh, I'm not sure if you said it was 80 or 83 when it was made, um, but kind of just along that time when technology was really starting to make that turn of you know where everybody's got a phone in their hand or not phone in their hand but uh, everybody's got a computer everybody's watching you know the nightly news every single night it's a must watch um, type thing Um, the scene where um, there he walks into it was supposed to be like the um, shelter and there was just a computer or a tv excuse me at like every single desk that or every single space he went by that was kind of just like I thought really you know uh, uh, showing like the computer offices or an office space you see nowadays there's just computers everywhere phones everywhere technology pretty much just at every turn Mm -hmm. um and so just i thought it was kind of just like a almost like a warning like sending messages about you know just the technology in general and and where it can go and where kind of like the more it gets um desensitized you know kind of like that whole Mm -hmm. theme of the, the more you watch it, the more you seek it out and the more. Yeah. What did the daughter, I call her daughter oblivion because I forget her first Bian- name. I think it's Bianca. Bianca. It Bianca? Mm-hmm. Like what does she say? Um, her father's vision for the homeless people. It, like they bring homeless and displaced people like in to watch television because it will write their brain and make their mm-hmm. brains more normal. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of us all, because we're all, I guess, like becoming this same kind of group think kind of society because we watch tv and like watching tv will help these people who are you know not living what we see as quote-unquote normal lives it will make them think normally so therefore they'll function in society better yeah like think about the messed up (laughs) and you hit the fucking nail on the head with all the technology like Mm -hmm. the the big uh themes the prophetic is that how you say it Mm -hmm. she went to harvard and shit um And with its view on technology and our reliance of it. But it's like, think about a time when you forgot your phone to go take a dump or something. It's like, it's a fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you have a, like, I have a literal panic attack when I, like... (laughs) Oh you can't scroll anything like what, what am i gonna do in here yeah, read, just, read or something like you know what you do you get the shampoo bottle and you read the back of it like we no, all used to do in the no. 90s when we didn't have phones but it's like we must have these things like and i am constantly plugged into something whether that be like a podcast true crime How does it take you to poop Oh, uh, 45, 50 depends minutes. On, depends on what you're watching. Oh, you're going to mess yourself well, up doing that. I already have a little friend down there. Talk about body <laughs> horror. Um, so I want you to, uh, all the listeners out there, I want you to pick up that joint and think about this for a second. And and this goes along with like Jake's point, but think about how we are already, and I, I can't remember who made this point. It might have been like Elon Musk or something. But his point was like... <laughs> She scoffs. His point was like, in a sense, we're already cyborgs. And follow me on this. 
but he said the fact that we have these all these different versions of ourselves and one of the versions of ourselves is like on social media and i think that's one of the big things in this film as well as it was like possessor like his son's film mm -hmm. is it's like there's the there's the jake sitting in front of me right now and then there's the jake on facebook and you guys convey completely different like sometimes emotions sometimes messages mm -hmm. you know uh mm -hmm. the you know the travis on facebook is likely always happy you know like mm -hmm. it's yeah. almost like two mm -hmm. different versions of ourselves yeah but Te all this technology is just an extension of our identity in oh. a lot of ways for some mm -hmm. people um, most people <laughs> i would argue <laughs> and um it boggles the mind to think of like my daughter like she's two her what her generation like oh my how gosh, how they will just be so different mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. the, the exposure and access she has to things that you know i'm a child of the 90s who we didn't have that you know yeah and they're like how even... is it gonna mess with their the way they like maintain relationships and i mean i'm sure they'll all be fine you know if the world mm -hmm. doesn't burn up but like but it makes you kind of almost long for them to have the kind of life that you had you know before all the 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 complications of having like a public persona online like we just didn't have that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the the earliest signs of it we had was like aim and like putting an away message on Damn. that was like the most <laughs> you know uh-huh and it's what sad to think Jake? that they're gonna grow up thinking they have to have this like there's them and then there's the online them mm -hmm. anyway kind of like you said they it's i'm i'm just scared for like so the next generation because i've already noticed now kids these days it's like they don't have the conversation you know they'll get on their phone you know send a text or do something like that which you know i i will be the first time i'm kind of the same way you know just moved out uh you know of the parents and it was like sometimes i would just send a text rather than walk upstairs and say hey you know this that or the other but it's just like yeah it's like i texted you dad don't e fucking call me exactly <laughs> I, I told you what i needed uh no but uh but it's just like even you know the generation quote unquote below us even is is just that gap i think has grown even more to where like you said you know are they gonna go outside without worrying about posting it to their Instagram or posting it to social media or, you know, things along that line. Yeah. Something my, um, so I have coworkers who have older kids, like kids who are teens, preteens. And what they say, they, the biggest difference is they notice like their kids are like well adjusted. They're emotionally intelligent. They are gr good communicators. Um, but the, the but biggest psychopaths, <laughs> I mean, they're, they are a little nihilistic I'll say, but they, but they're like the biggest thing they, I, they talk about is how their children's like expectation of how fast someone should respond to you or the expectation that they deserve a response at all like mm -hmm. like this different kind of entitlement to your time and your communication um because of like how fast and accessible it's always been in their life so i wanted to tackle two things that we brought up um as it relates to this film but one of them was the relationship uh James Woods and Debbie Harry's character have a, uh, would you say, strange relationship? Um, uh, I think it's just like a kinky relationship. Right. So, like, I don't want to kink shame, but I really wanted to. She herself with cigarettes and yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, I like she... a, a line she says, and I was like, dude, that's me and Heath. Uh, she <laughs> says, uh, what's this? And he says, Videodrome, torture, murder. And she says, sounds great. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But like, yeah, relationships in this and then like, and we were kind of going there, but like, um, this media creating a new reality and it's like, what is the actual reality and what is, you know, you know, what is the actual reality? Mm 
but I wanted you, you guys to kind of talk about that a little bit, whichever one you, you want to take. In line with kind of the conversation we've had and what you kind of just brought up, mm-hmm. um, one of the early scenes is the one where they're on the talk show. This is where the couple meet, where mm-hmm. Max and Nikki, Nikki, yeah. Nikki um, they meet. And you also meet um, Brian Oblivion, which is that whole it's very bizarre but yeah so they're on and i wish and my last name was oblivion it's interesting so max ren is this you know he's basically runs a porn channel he's a sleazebag yeah like he's a sleazy and, character yeah, yeah and he's i mean they're putting it on cable right mm-hmm. and then nikki is meant she's meant to be kind of a counterpoint to him but she actually doesn't end up really being that like she doesn't have any conviction in what she's saying so like the interviewer for instance the person whose show it is she's asking him like putting all this kind of violence and explicit sexual stuff like isn't this harmful to society and for young minds and whatever and he's just like it's 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 harmless it's a harmless outlet for people who are sexually frustrated Mm -hmm. and then nikki's just like they're like counterpoint Nikki. She's, she says everything right, but she has no feeling behind it. She's like, yeah, we're overstimulated and you know, we're always hunting for the next buzz, you know, that addict, it's basically an addiction. Um, and you, you build up this tolerance to your next fix and you have to go harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and she acknowledges it. And then she's just like, yeah, I'm that way. When he when he tries to gaslight her and be like, "Well, why do you wear that dress?" Uh, didn't get me started. And, <laughs> and um and then she's just like, "Yeah, I admit I'm I'm a victim of it as well. Uh, I've I choose to be overstimulated and I seek this stuff out just like everyone else." And so it's just like a big fucking wet blanket on the whole debate cuz everyone's just in agreement that they're all drones, you know. Mm-hmm. And um and then Brian Oblivion comes in and just confuses the shit out of me at that point. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just this um, kind of resignation to you're like, yeah, it's just the way things are. There's no real, like I said, conviction. And that's definitely like you can you can see Cronenberg uh, saying like almost even back then in 83, like we're too far, like gone. too far gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I guess what does Brian Oblivion say there? He says like um, the television screen is like our, the retina in our eyes or something and it's like he said, it, yeah television is the retina of the mind's eye I, yeah. yeah i wrote that i actually wrote that down right so basically saying like whatever you see in tv is what you're actually seeing in real life um and at this point you also don't know he has a tumor you don't know nikki is a closet freak like and is really into pain mm-hmm. um but i don't know man Everything that they say is right in this film. Like it's, it's. I shouldn't say right, but it's like accurate. I was about to say, whoa. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not right. It just feels so accurate to like life now. And this was made in what the eighties. Eighty three. It went yeah. all like, they, and they're talking about VHS. Like, could you imagine what they'd have to say about now? Yeah, and I think we got like a little bit of that in uh, Possessor, like Brandon Cronenberg's film. Like, it was mm-hmm. kind of like an updated kind of. Uh, would you say it's like spiritually kind of with Videodrome, kind of in a way? Like it, cause that, I, I think that dealt with, um, like, uh, privacy and stuff like that a little bit more. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the main one I'd say. But yeah, so we've gotten into the themes quite a bit, Jake, I won't stop you if you want to bring up some more, uh, but I do want to hear some of your favorite scenes of the film. Like what were the trippiest shit 
that you uh, saw in this film? Um, one of the big ones I thought for me was um, it was the one where he's um, walking into the building um, after the gun scene where his mm-hmm. hand morphs into the gun and everything or the gun morphs into his hand and um, he's walking into the building and then the first of all like just the lighting when he's walking into that building I, he was just so dark like his face everything was so dark so it's kind of just like it's like something's about to go down here obviously because he's mm-hmm. you know walking in um after that so that that was you know i'm not gonna say a, one of my favorite scenes, but it was just like stood out because of you know yeah. just that lighting in particular artistically and stuff uh, yeah yeah kind of just just struck that so then it just obviously that scene gets pretty wild because then he goes on that tear and you're kind of just like where did this come from like what's <laughs> absolutely what's going on here and then everything just kind of starts to unravel after that um because mm-hmm. i was it, then it really took the turn when he went and talked to um oh was it the daughter um bianca bianca yeah. that's right bianca and that's when i started to get really confused kind of with the ending i was like so he's switching sides now and so that's that's when i really got confused but i thought that was a good scene too where he was kind of chasing her through like the um that shelter shelter Mm -hmm. place and then things started to take a turn there so those those two were probably you know just the just pretty much the whole entire ending where things started to heat up was was probably my favorite part you were like chaos yeah Yeah. did did any of the scenes like gross you out because i know like body horror isn't for everyone like sometimes people get gross like the fly and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like did any of the scenes like gross you out or you were like what the fuck i would say i i wouldn't say like i had a visceral reaction when he had like the uh, slit in his stomach and everything but i was kind of just like it makes you like kind of cringe a little bit because i i I had like i had to get spleen surgery before too so it's Mm kind of like it just made me kind of rethink about that and just like the internal like when he sticks the gun in there and everything i'm just kind of like just started to think about abdominal surgery there's just a feeling you get after when you're healing mm-hmm. like you like it's so painful like you can't mm-hmm. every little movement you feel because it's your core mm-hmm. um so yeah i kind of felt it too when when they started to show those scenes <laughs> i was gonna ask travis because there's a lot of like really good special effects um mm-hmm. like practical effects and gory kind of stuff like what was your favorite of all of them um let's see so my favorite is the iconic uh gun to the tv in the head, mm-hmm. like when he puts his head through the TV as well. Like, I love all the stuff with the TV. Like, Jake brought up, like, the uh, some of the imagery of this film, like the Red Room, um, that reminded me, like, a lot of, like, uh, Twin Peaks and David Lynch and stuff. But the Red Room, when he's whipping the TV, like, that scene, I've always loved where it's just the lips on the TV or it's like, or no, it's um, the lips on the TV are asking him to enter the Videodrome. And then he's whipping the TV and you find out that it's um, Masha. It's mm-hmm. Masha being hung up and getting whipped. Mm-hmm. But those scenes like it. And, and then you asked about special effects. Um, the part where, and I'm not, sh- I can't remember his name, but it's kind of like the, uh, like the, you know, the, the leader or the, uh, the guy that he goes in there to shoot. And after he shoots the guy like morphs. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking, mm-hmm. it looks he, like, so starts- cool. Yeah bubbling and like thing little what comes out of him i'm not sure but it looks like, like a living thing or, or something? something i don't know 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He like fucking morphs into something or like uh, bubbles up and and then that other dude. Uh, so he goes in there and that other dude like tries to put a videotape in him like in his slit mm-hmm. and he pulls out and he has like a bomb on his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was also confused by that. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. And he uh-huh. blows up. But yeah, there's a ton of like, um, but my favorite scenes are the, are the scenes with the TV. Cause like I said, I actually share that, um, that creepiness with David Cronenberg, like as far as like old school TVs and the static or like just something on the TV and that, that, that vision of like the lips, like nothing but the lips. And she's talking to him like through the TV has always yeah, that like him putting his face in the TV, almost like a bosom like i don't know how else to mm-hmm. describe it but it's like the the screen becomes like soft it's not necessarily even stretchy it's like i don't know mm-hmm. that was really cool and an iconic image really like even uh people like if you haven't seen that this movie you've probably seen that image of that of that shadow like sticking their head you know into the into the static mm-hmm. uh what were some of your favorite scenes because i i i don't know um you mentioned some of them it, it's mostly like the the body horror kind of scenes okay. to be honest um like this the sex scenes were all weird to me not to dwell on them too much but like it just gave me the like really like bad fucking feeling to think that a woman would like get off on men cutting her with knives mm-hmm. and that she would get off on like burning herself with cigarettes also if she mm-hmm. was into this stuff for real she would be fucking riddled with scars all she has are a couple little stripes on her shoulder i'm like if she's doing this all the time She'd have scars everywhere. She doesn't. But anyway. Um. <laughs> if a girl enters your apartment and she's just like, where's the porn? I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> wow. That's, that's the goal. Right? So I think, I think you guys mentioned this scene, but I think one of my favorites is, um, so after he finds out that his little buddy who was supposedly pirating yeah. this, uh, these videos, he wasn't actually pirating mm-hmm. it. Um, it was all planned by this corporation or whatever. But um I forget his friend's name, but he's standing there and he's like, America's getting soft. Like at this point, they're kind of using him as an assassin. They like, they think they've got him and they're, um, Harlan, Harlan, Harlan. And Harlan's gonna, you know, program him to take people out, which he does. But, um, it's that scene where he's like, America's getting soft and the world, the world needs to get tough or it's getting tough. And, um, your programming is rotting society from the inside we're going to stop it. And he's like, he has this tape, but it's like, looks like flesh. Is that what you were, the one you were talking about? Mm, and like, he, yeah. And he puts it in his torso, his like torso vagina thing. And, um, then he's like, kill your partners and give us channel 83. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Cause like now they're going to turn everyone, I guess, into assassins and they're all kill themselves. I don't know what the, I don't know what the mission was here. Um, the long term mm-hmm. plan is unclear to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. I need to watch it a couple more times to get. Yeah, that, this is but. definitely one of those movies that you need to watch. I think a few times, like because, like I said, yeah. I've seen this probably four or five times, and I still couldn't, like, you know, tell you plot to plot. Like, I mean, you know. I understood that maybe this is just someone can jump in the comments um, of our socials or something and explain this to me. <laughs> but maybe you guys can tell me. But I I understood that they were purposefully. You know, Videodrome was turning him into an assassin to kill the people at the station and give them power over the station so they could broadcast Videodrome out to everyone. But to what end? I, I think, like, to people that would watch it. I think, like, that was yeah, their ultimate to goal. to give everyone tumors and kill all of society? 
to, What's the point? to those who would seek that out. Yes. Not everybody, mm-hmm. like you said, not everybody's going to seek that out. Yeah. So and like, why does it, why does the um, CEO or owner or whatever of a eyeglass company give a sh- Why are they, why are they doing it? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> is, was that a front for something else? The, the eyeglasses thing? Was it like a front for like the government? I think or? so. Yeah. I think it was like a, some kind of like ex- experiment or like, you know, there was some weird shit going on. Okay. Yeah. I, it, it takes is a couple kind of watches. commentary on like the politics of the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like, um, cause it's, uh, cause it, what, what year did it come out? 83. So a lot of it was, like I said, the video nasty that goes in with like the video nasty stuff. So it's like, okay, what would happen if, uh, what the people are so saying, mm-hmm. like, uh, cause you know, remember at the time people are like, you listen to metal, you listen, you watch horror movies, you're going to go out and kill. Mm-hmm. So this movie kind of shows you like, okay, what if that were true? Well, and now that I'm thinking about it, like this is Reagan, Reagan mm-hmm. era, 1983. Mm-hmm. So, and they were very like, you know, moms we're, we're, against on, we're on drugs, mm-hmm. moms, yep. against, moms against violence. So yeah, that all, that all tracks that this would be a comment, uh, commentary. Like if they, if you were to take kind of their, that ethos and just blow it up. Right, huge, yeah. and and, mm-hmm. and to be fair, they are correct because I I do listen to metal and I do kill, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so we've got some favorite scenes, we've got the themes, we've themed the fuck out of this theme queen. All right, so Trav, if you don't mind, before mm-hmm. we get into like final thoughts and stuff, I'd like to know kind of if there's anything you guys would would change or anything you um, kind of didn't like about the film. And if there, you have any lingering questions still about it before we wrap up. I think just kind of overall, I would say kind of like Kate, you were saying like the ending, I just didn't know what the overall goal of the video drone was or um, what Barry, what his overall goal was with the video drone. You know, I know it was to, you know, kind of, I guess, poison or give the people who are going to seek it out and watch it the tumor, but to like, like you said, what end is it going to like, just to eradicate all them was that the whole goal or you know what's kind of the point there yeah i'd almost want to see like what that what 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 society is left at that point you could be getting rid of brilliant minds that just they just happen to be like curious about weird shit well you know it's it's like what are you going to actually do to your society that's the morality line that i think this film like brilliantly asks us to like walk down as it's like are we okay with like creepoids watching this but like a lot of people who aren't creepoids seek out fucked up stuff too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like yeah. me and you know our cousin garrett <laughs> yeah right. and it like it's are just, you are you truly okay with it'll be for, like with liberty and freedom if you yeah. if you're wanting to take th- these kinds of absolutely. choices away from people mm-hmm. absolutely fair enough I, I think as long as you look at look at it or you know look at anything as, as media wise if you look at it just as it is as a form of media i think as long as you can separate okay what i'm seeing you know in this film or you know hearing on this song whatever it may be as long as you can separate the two which obviously kind of this film kind of touches on you start to blur the lines of reality with the hallucinogenic hallucinogenic Jeez, I can't say that word. Anyway, um, <laughs> hallucinations. So, hallucinations in the film. Uh, you know, it kind of blurs that line of reality. Like I said, with the media, with with what goes on in the yeah. Media, and I know, like the whole moms against whatever. Um, they worry that you know kids' brains aren't developed, their frontal cor- prefrontal cortex aren't developed enough to 
distinguish like you just said between like what's fake and what's real um like what's moral and what's not and it's like well i think you're doing a discredit you know to kids like kids are smarter and more adept than a lot of people give them credit for and this is kind of about having a conversation and teaching your kids like listen you're gonna come across things that I can't control for you and I can't shelter you and protect you your whole life. So I need to give you the tools to determine, you know, what is good, what is real versus what is bad and what is not and to make good choices for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you don't make those good choices for yourself, like to understand what the, the, the consequences are on you, you know, and I feel like a lot of parents they just want to shelter rather than teach. Um, mm-hmm. But that's whole Whereas me, I'm going to leave like a copy of Cannibal Holocaust like out in, in the hope <laughs> yeah. that my child, you know, checks it out. No, you won't. Okay, just, just in case you get bored this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lock Daddy Studios. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys have, if you guys have, want to have some fun, order a pizza, pop in a cannibal movie, you know. You ain't right for that. I do want to know, Travis, what's your interpretation of the very end? So, like, to, to remind people who maybe haven't seen Videodrome in a while, I'm sure the end, ending's unforgettable for everybody, but, you know, in case you did. What's his name? Max. You're forgetting his name. Max. Um, at this point, he, you know, he's... Bianca or whoever has given him, like, the blue pill or the red pill or whatever. Uh, like, I'm using that, mm-hmm. you know, figuratively. <laughs> um, and he understands now that he has been used. And so he's taking the power that they've given him essentially and turning it back on them. And he has gone to assassinate the, what's his face? The eyeglass guy at mm-hmm. his own big conference or festival he's having about eyeglasses. Very strange. Uh, so he kills him and then he like wanders off to some, you know, I don't know, a warehouse like or, a something. or something. It's like yeah. an abandoned kind of, you know, squatter kind of area. Mm-hmm. And, there's a television there that's talking to him and it's Nikki that he's seeing on the screen telling him that basically the neck, the, the way out the, the way to the next step, the like to level up, or I don't really know mm-hmm. what she was getting at there, but basically you have to, to take the power back. I guess you have to like end the life of the body you're in to go, to go on to the, to fulfill your next kind of mission or i don't know yeah and that like, is, is that what what, mm-hmm. what was what's the purpose of that what's that trying to say yeah and i'm not sure to be honest but my take on it is because he watches himself kill himself in the tv and then he then kills himself right. so it's kind of like um i took it as like having to wrap up both realities like the the created reality reality in videodrome and in his own reality and in doing so he takes power back over you know himself but i don't know there could be other interpretations of that certainly um like i said this movie's like it there there's so many different layers and interpretations of this movie um we could we could go on for for days on the themes of this all right but yeah that's kind of my take that to be what it means because i was so confused by it Mm -hmm. that's kind of my take though is like um, cause he, he watches himself do it on TV and then to close it out, he has to do it like he, cause he does the exact same thing that he does on TV. So maybe that's a different commentary there that mm-hmm. he did, you know, at the end, he still did exactly what he did on TV you know, and what's the, on TV. and mm-hmm. what's the new flash. So he was saying like, um, down with video dr- drone, 
Long live the new flesh. Yeah, that's something that they drop like several times. Like um, the that's that's the that's the lingo. It seems is like literally the new flesh he's experiencing is his tumor, mm-hmm. which is created by Videodrome, and they're saying is Videodrome. So he's like down with Videodrome, but long live videodrome or is the new flesh something that we're just supposed to like make up in our heads of what we think it is i kind of want someone to tell me what what's maybe i'm too dumb or maybe i didn't spend enough time thinking about this Let's probably see. the latter um but <laughs> i don't know oh are you googling something yeah i'm gonna look that up actually right. okay so in order to long live the new flesh you have to kill the old flesh so the old flesh which was interested in videodrome and stuff that's why he's long living the new flesh. So they're going to be born again. After you kill yourself, you're going to be born again? No. Like, what are they saying? So the new flesh is just like ending yourself. <laughs> Who is interested in that kind of shit and the tumor? Because if you notice, like once he, he kills himself in the movie, like the, the blood and the guts and shit, like roll out of the TV. And then mm-hmm. he kills himself in real life. So that was the end of the old flesh and the beginning of the new flesh. So it's kind of just like, I don't know. I think it's just like a play on like words kind of thing. I mm. think it doesn't make sense. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. It's probably one of those endings. It doesn't that... make me like it any less. I just, uh, someone's got to help it click because that's not doing it for mm-hmm. me. No, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not a. It's not neat and tidy in a little bow like uh, like Britney Spears is. Was was that fucking movie where they all go backpacking Crossroads? Crossroads. I can't believe you just cited that movie. Well, that's one of Kate's favorites. It's absolutely not true. He's been waiting for Uh, me to horrify him with that movie. Yeah, all those like she's all that and bullshit like Uh, that. She's Uh, all that is actually good. So, oh oh my god, oh man. Um, So let's go around and give like our final rating um, as we struggled with defining the new flesh. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jake, what would you rate this movie out of five? Out of five, I I probably have to give it. I'm in between like a three and a four, honestly. Okay. I'm I'm probably right in the middle. Um, you know, I overall I thought it was a good flick. Um, I don't like the word flick, so I don't know why I just said it. Overall, <laughs> I thought it was a good film. Cinematography was good and throughout the whole film. Um, you know, like I kind of said about the lighting. Um, I thought that was one of my favorite parts, just seeing the different lighting on Woods and then um, Bianca and the scene at the end. Um, but yeah, overall, I I would say in between a three three and a four. Cool, man. Cool. All right, me. Okay. All right. I would go four out of five. Listeners know my criteria. Uh, it's at its base was entertaining, so that would get it a three. But I think the the commentary, the themes, just the construction of it all. I think it's a thinker, and I like that, and that'll get you a four. It's not like highly rewatchable to me. I know it would be for a lot of people. So like. I'm not judging you if you if you find this highly rewatchable. For me, I just don't see myself ever picking it up again unless, you know, Trav is like, hey, do you want to watch a video drum with me? Like, have some beers, <laughs> sure. But, like, I'm just not going to pick it up. It's not that kind of movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's good. I think, I want to reiterate, I think it. this movie crawled so Black Mirror could walk, or walked, crawled so Black Mirror could walk mm-hmm. or run or whatever mm-hmm. the saying goes. Um, I think it also did a really good job of making you 
feel disgusted and then making you question why you're feeling disgusted <laughs> so like you're feeling disgust like i felt disgusted from like the the first scene with with max right he's like standing there in his kitchen um in a robe he's dunking his pizza in coffee it, disgusting like he's wiping pizza sauce all over his robe and looking he's at looking nude at photos, nudes right? uh-huh. like first thing in a the real morning man's when man. he wakes up like so like it makes you feel <laughs> feel disgusted and then you're like well why do i give a shit like Uh how this guy lives his life and same with the the kind of sex that they have it's like it's very violent and like it made me like feel kind of disgusted like how could they and then i was thinking oh well that's kind of what this movie is telling me to do is like ask myself why i give a shit what other people do like i shouldn't Mm -hmm. um and i think that's what everyone was trying to tell Ronald Reagan, his wife, like, leave us and our drugs alone. Yeah, leave me alone. Let with us my do what, I, what we want. <laughs> Let us be degenerates. Like, just mind your business. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, this is a five out of five for me. I love this movie. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, I think it's one of Cronenberg's best, if not the best that he's done. Um, I like a movie that sticks with you, like after you see it. I think this movie's one of those. Like it, uh, it sticks with you, and you think about it and scenes from it like long after you see it so yeah five out of five for me easy um one of my favorites that we've done like on the podcast um but yeah so i want to thank you for joining us jake you were awesome man uh we will have to have you back uh maybe i'll have you back for something else that's fucked up that'd be awesome <laughs> that'd be awesome i don't know i gotta get your some, brother on here too. some film, film school kind of stuff yeah know. like blue velvet or something or i sent Ooh. you that clip from blue velvet and you oh, were like yeah. what in the fuck did i just watch <laughs> oh that yeah let's like, that that's awesome that's awesome yeah, <laughs> like where frank i sent him that clip where frank booth is like breathing in and then he's just like uh baby wants to fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was like what <laughs> Um, but yeah, so as always, I have a book recommendation. So this is Skull Crack City from Jeremy Robert Johnson. Jeremy Robert Johnson's a uh, like a big writer in the uh, Bizarro community, um, the Bizarro fiction, like in Bizarro horror. Um, but this is so the synopsis: uh, Life as a corporate drone was killing S. P. Doyle as he decided to bring down the ho- the whole corrupt system from the inside. But after discovering something monstrous in the bank's files, he was framed for murder and trapped inside a conspiracy beyond reason. Now, Bo- now Doyle's doing his best to survive against a nightmare cabal of cook conglomerates, DNA-doped mutants, drug-addled <laughs> freak show celebs, experimental surgeons, depraved doomsday cults, and the ultra-bad mojo of a full-blown hexadrine habit. Joined by his pet turtle Deckard and Dara, a beautiful missionary with a murderous past, Doyle must find a way to save humankind and fight the terrible truth at the heart of... Skull Crack City. So Jeremy Skull Robert Johnson. Crack City. Jeremy Robert Johnson's a shit. So check out all his stuff. Uh, Entropy and Bloom was another short, uh, collect, short story collection of his. Um, but yeah, thanks again for joining us, Jake. As always, you can find us at Horrifying My Friends on Instagram and Facebook, and at Horrifying MF on Twitter. Uh, hit me a line at Travis Ubarra on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, tell me your favorite Cronenberg movie. Take us a task on Videodrome. You know, what do you think Videodrome means? Hit me. And uh, long live the new flesh. Horrifying, my friends.